and welcome to another beer review. Now, today, we're not on any laggers from the Czech Republic. We're not on any laggers of beers from Germany. We're not on any laggers at all. We're back on an ale. Which is good, because we're getting into ale season. And uh, I'm just back from Scotland. And I was looking to get some... Uh, Scottish beers again. But I was looking solely for darker ones. And uh, I think I managed to get eight. Around about eight beers that were kind of darkerish. But it's unbelievable. How many IPAs and how many golden ales and blondes and everything else that are sold in Scotland. I tried to get other Aran brewery ones. Because we did an Aran blonde which was quite nice. But unfortunately it seems to be the only one that the supermarkets sell. They don't seem to stock any of the other ones, so I'll have to try and see if I can get some from their website, which is a bit disappointing. But I did get some other ones, um, but they're all kind of darker ones. Amber ales or darker, and I try to go for the kind of more darker ones as much as possible. I've also got some strange kind of donations that have come in. A good kind of mix match that's come in from Adrian. Um, some are kind of... Uh, I would just say, kind of, off on a right angle tangent, things like that, which is good, because, again, like I say, is, um, he buys beers that I probably would maybe sort of kind of walk past and not really can consider. So, we'll see how they go. So, we will still be doing the Czech beer series. We'll still be doing the German kind of <clears throat> festival beer series that we kind of started. And... But we'll also be kind of getting back on the eels and there'll be a good kind of mix match because uh, we're getting into that. But they're kind of uh, almost mid-October and the temperature is that bloody dogs are kicking off now. Look at that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I've had problems with church bells. I've had problems with helicopters. Um... Cars, God knows what, and the dogs are now back at it, you know, they're doing their bloody uh, chorus. But anyway, so yes, yeah, so we're back onto the eels, which is quite a good thing, and we will obviously have a lot more eels coming up, and we've got some really good ones, we've got Yorkshire ones coming up, we've obviously got some Scottish ones coming up, but we've also got some nice, nice ones as well, I'm just looking at some of them thinking. <laughs> but anyway, I hadn't forgotten about this, so we're on the fullers. 1845, which was the 105th anniversary ale, and it was first brewed in 1995. Oh, aye. <laughs> so there you go. So yes, it's a bottle-conditioned ale, matured to perfection for 100 days. It's 6.3%. It is bottle-conditioned, so I've got to be careful. Don't shake it about, Graham, and careful when you're pouring it. And there's a little spill in the back. It was first brewed in 1995 to celebrate our 150th anniversary. This bottle conditioned recipe is inspired by the original Fuller's brewing books. The amber malt and golden hops combine to create a delicious fruitcake aroma. As this beer is bottle conditioned, we recommend it is stored upright and poured carefully. Shit. 
Now, I didn't actually look at this, but I did actually put it in the fridge upright. It was actually in the door between with another beer. And the two of them were in the door upright. The problem is, when I pulled this from the fridge to do the review, it was on the fucking side because the wife had moved it. <laughs> so, but it has been sitting. It's been sitting for hopefully maybe about 30 minutes, maybe longer, while I was waiting for blooming church bells to finish and dogs to stop barking and God knows what else, background noises. So hopefully that's maybe been enough. But I'll be honest, I don't know how long it was sitting on its side. It was put in the fridge um, before lunchtime today, so it was before 12. But how long she's put it on its side, I honestly don't know. But anyway. <laughs> ah, well, you got to love her, haven't you? Because apparently I'm not letting murder her. But anyway, that's your life. Let's crack up. Also, what I would like to say is it's nice that they just give you the straight facts on the back of the label and no more nonsense after that. That's all there is, is just, boom, there's a bit of the facts. This is the type of flavours we kind of went for. There you go. Enjoy. So, yeah. Again, I respect it. I like the idea of just, you know, I'm going to give you the facts. I'm going to tell you how it is. And I'm not going to give you bullshits. I'm not going to give you pair notes. I'm not going to claim it's this, that, and the other. I'm not going to say, oh, it's God, it's God and Jesus' favourite brew. Oh, it's marvellous. And oh, I mean, and it's so citrusy. You don't even have to bother with the orange juice in the morning. Just swig this. Oh, with your breakfast. You know, it's like that kind of nonsense. But no, just straightforward facts. That's it. No razzmatazz. No bullshit. Fair played. I like that. And for a a brewery that's kind of well respected and let's be totally honest they're uh the beers are actually quite consistent in quality and to have that and still think well yeah we're not going to muck about we're not going to be all shit we're just going to carry on you know so fair play so let's see what it's like let's get it poured and i'm just being careful the problem is i don't have a neck bulge so I don't have a safety net for basically putting any of the shit in the blooming glass. Which I'm trying to avoid. Because I don't want shit in the glass. Don't want shit in the bed either. But anyway. Well, not again. <laughs> You're probably all thinking. You don't put shit in the bed. <laughs> so yes. I'll maybe get a wee bit away with it a little bit more chance in it but I think it's okay I think it's okay I can't see any kind of stuff drinking in that's not too bad I think if I can see anything in the bottom there but let's see as you can see it's a nice dark amber with a little bit of redness this is for people on the, the podcast that can't see what it is it's a, a nice good standard foamy head maybe about half a finger but a good foam to it so it is it's a nice foam to it and yeah it's a nice kind of fairly clear beer and overall it just actually looks quite nice looking at mine yes it's a kind of dark amber both slightly kind of red it's almost kind of reminiscent to a kind of an irish red real you know, that, that kind of thing or maybe a ruby but yeah but i would call it more of a, more of a, a dark amber Smell-wise, 
go straight away malt hello there sailor malt but what i'm also getting is me a good malt aroma but coming straight in behind it coming right in behind it just right behind behind it i'm getting floralness so i'm getting floralness i'm getting a nice level of malt a little hint of sweetness but again going by what they were saying it's the cases of with what they said in the bottle which i can remember rightly it was uh a nice amber malts and golden hops there you go and it's a case as of you're smelling that it's in the aromas it's not as a case as they're saying something and you think well i'm not really getting that i'm not really getting anything whatever let's hopefully it'll taste it because i'm not getting the aromas i'm getting the aromas of it which is a good sign and of course it just kind of you're smelling it you're thinking well they're saying i should be getting this i'm smelling it, i think i'm kind of getting that and uh it's a good sign for things to come which take note a lot of breweries you know if you're going to say that it's got this bloody aroma well there's a thing that somebody basically pours it and then has a sniff and think well i can't smell half the bloody shit you're saying and then better off not to put it on the label then just say well let's, let's see what you can smell Tell us about it, you know, we might put it on the label in the future. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, nice smells. <laughs> smells I associate with a good beer in the late autumn, early winter, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, mm, yeah. like that. So let's see what it tastes like. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Not as sweet as I thought it was going to be, which in some aspects is, is a good thing. I'm quite happy because I didn't really want a kind of slightly syrupy kind of beer. You know, sometimes in cases though that you get these kind of strong malt ones and it really does feel that you know, you've topped it up with a bit of unfermented hops. Um, sorry, what? Well, it just feels like, you know, it's a bit too sweet, a bit too syrupy. But whereas this isn't, this feels nicely fermented. But what it does have, they're getting the malt flavours coming through. But you're also to kind of getting it kind of to balance up. You're getting... Um, Two different styles, two kind of slightly levels of, of bitterness. You're getting a bit of hoppy bitterness, but you're also getting a bit of kind of what we call a malty bitterness. And yeah, it's coming from obviously slightly darker roasted malts that's giving you, and it's ever so slightly kind of burnt sugar, kind of slightly molasses edge, slightly trickly edge. And yeah. You know what it reminds me of? Now, my mum used to do a fruit loaf. But what she'd do is, she wouldn't really add sugar to it. She'd add a little bit of treacle or basically, you know, really, really dark brown sugar. But what she would do is, most of the sweetness, what she would do is basically steep the fruits, the dried fruits, and a little bit of water with a little bit of 
sherry or a little bit of brandy to it. And then what it would do is it would draw the sugars out, which helped to kind of disperse that kind of sweetness and, and flavours throughout the actual fruit loaf. And I mean, it was a really good fruit loaf. But it was one of these ones where, as a case, it was it, it could go. You know, I mean, you could use it for slightly savoury, or you could lose it for sweet. So it would be great with a bit of butter um, and a cup of tea. Absolutely fabulous. So it would be. Um, but you could also basically um, have it without the butter, with a little bit of cheese, and it would really go well with a nice kind of cheddar, nice mature cheddar, or maybe. A nice blue cheese and something like that, and it would just, it would just go quite well. And it reminds me a bit like that, where it's got the little bit of fruitiness, it's got the malts and everything else, but it's quite a controlled sweetness and a nice level of bitterness, and it just kind of feels like that. And uh, yeah, and I'm talking when I'm saying fruit loaf, I'm not talking about kind of like say raisin breads and all these type of stuff or sultana breads. I'm talking about kind of a fruit loaf that's done more like a kind of cake but uh the this is how sad i am because i actually used to make it but it's basically it's kind of uh mixing the hob basically with also the batter it's kind of done on the hob not just kind of mix cold into a bowl and then of course it's put kind of warm into the tins and then you know flowered and muddled what the hell am i fucking talking about fucking baking but anyway you know what i'm trying to say but yes so it's more of a traditional British fruit loaf. You know, they do in Scotland, they'll do in Yorkshire, all these kind of places, you know. All the ones where it's good traditional cooking and that type of thing. But yeah, and it is, it's like it's got that kind of feel to it, kind of you can just see it's got a nice bit of feel tradition to it. And bags of flavour. Bags of body. A good level of bitterness at the end, but like I say, it's like it's two different styles of bitterness, so it's like kind of layered, but kind of two layers of bitterness, and it just kind of works well. And uh, it's almost, I mean, it's, it's amazing for such a, a lighter kind of beer. I mean, it's one of these, I mean, I'll be totally it's one of these strange ones. I'm drinking and I kind of dark amber ale but it's got flavour profiles that I could take on a porter it really has I mean it's got slightly ever so slightly maybe kind of slightly dark chocolate notes at the end in, in the aftertaste as part of the bitterness and it is it's, it's actually it really is very very nice very very nice but it's complex. I'll go be honest. This, this one isn't anywhere near sessionable or things like that. This is a nice complex sit down and enjoy and savour. You know, late autumn, early winter ale. And I'll be totally honest. I mean, if you like porters and you like kind of darker beers, I'm not even going to say stouts. I mean, if you like good kind of strong flavoured porters, this is another option. This this can give them a run for their money. And it is just, as you look at it, as it's laced in the glass, it is a nice brood to be. It really is. It is. Nice. But anyway, let's break down some of these flavours.
start off front of the mouth you're getting at least two layers of malt coming through straight away you're getting maltiness as you just taste it like boom you're getting maltiness and then it starts that clarity there's a kind of clarity come through and you start realizing wait a minute there's, there's two levels of malt here a little bit of sweetness not too much just a little bit of sweetness and you probably expect just when you initially get hit with the malt you're going to get more sweetness than you probably think you know you actually do but it does it's just like oh there's maltiness you think here we go oh there is sweetness but before you notice the sweetness you can notice that the malt flavor start to separate and you start realizing oh there's two layers of malt here there's a darker slightly better edge malt and there's a, a kind of medium malt there that's uh it's kind of strange because maybe slightly toffee like so you get slightly toffiness and it's linked with this kind of light sweetness now i'm saying light sweetness is telling you there's nothing really kind of heavy in the sweetness at all in this which you might think it, it would be but it's not that's what i'm saying it's more like a porter from that so yeah so you've got the kind of medium malt linking with the sweetness but you have this kind of slightly darker bitter edge just sitting above it and the grain is kind of in between these two malts that's sitting there but you're also just getting ever so slight accents um, of hops just a little accent of flawless and it moves on to the kind of mid tongue and uh, as it moves on to the mid tongue the kind of medium malt is going to be slightly toffee it's kind of slightly died down a bit the sweetness has dissipated but it kind of slightly dissipates and as it dissipates that's giving you kind of slightly more fruitier tones rather than toffee tones so it kind of changes a little bit in the mid tongue and that's when you start to kind of notice this like they're saying it's a bit more like a kind of a, a fruit cake the dried fruits and this is the bit that really kind of reminds me of the my mum's fruit loaf because there is that kind of slightly fruitiness but again it doesn't have the strong sweetness that you maybe think like you get with a fruit cake like a dundee cake or something like that like it reminds me of my mum's fruit loaf that there is a bit of sweetness there but it's not overly sweet but you still have these little accents of bitterness and ever so slightly light flawless as well so this is all going on in the mid tongue i mean it's a complex beer but the flavors all work together it's not as if like they're clashing together or it's too busy that sometimes you get where people try to get the flavors in but they just don't get the balance right it's not balanced but it's interesting because as you're drinking, you're just noticing all these little different flavours and they're all nice in their own kind of uh, right but they're also just nice together as well they're not as if they're clashing or fighting each other to try and get kind of, you know um, attention and things like that and it's just nice and then it moves on from there to the aftertaste And it's interesting because what it does is 
The first thing to kind of dissipate in the aftertaste is the actual sweetness. So you're left with little hints of dark malt, dark roasted malt. You're left with a kind of a fruitiness of the kind of medium malts, medium roasted malts. And I would say that the floralness is just slightly kind of dissipating as well. But what it does is because you've got these dark roasted malts, they're starting to take on a little bit more bitterness in the aftertaste and give you almost kind of dark chocolate edge. I mean, I'm not saying it's like, you know, really strong bitterness and dark chocolate, but you're just getting ever so slightly dark chocolate tones because of that, because that sweetness is just kind of slightly dissipating. This is giving you a slightly dark chocolate edge, but you're also still have that little bit of fruitiness from the, the mid malts which is nice and yeah just light light floral just slightly no curve because it's dissipating so the, the sweetness is dissipated first then the floralness and you're just kind of left with these kind of two malts but they're slightly changed a wee bit so you're still getting the fruitiness from the mid point but just because of the sweetness it's kind of backed off now it's just adding that little bit of more of a bitter edge and it is slightly kind of dark chocolate emulating and yeah that's a nice nice beer I would say yeah a really nice beer well yeah it has got a nice bitterness to it but a nice fruitiness to it and just a nice malt I mean bags of body it really has bags of body Nice mouthfeel, and it is. It, I mean, once I've swallowed it, and just slightly, there's a slight linger from the slight bitterness in the malt, the dark malt. And it is. I mean, I mean, seriously, if you just take the kind of the kind of lingering bitterness at the end, and it is very Porter esque. It really is. And uh, it's unusual for what the type of beer it's supposed to be, but fair play to them. They've got it spot on, and uh, it is a nice, nice beer, it really is. If you like more complex beers, I mean, there's a good example, there's quite a few complex beers that, you know, they try too hard, and they can be a bit sickening, or they've tried to kind of jam in so many different flavours to kind of make it complex that they're, they're fighting each other you know to get a gain prominence and uh, there's clashes happening here there and everywhere or you just get ones where they've just overdone it you know they've went overboard and it's just it's so busy that you can't even identify some of the flavours it's just you know a mismatch um, just you know it's all over the place. Where this one isn't. Really good strong, I mean, really good strong flavours. I would basically say, if you buy this beer, expect to have a, a really good, decent level of flavour. I mean, I'll be honest, they ain't fucking about. They really aren't. There's really good, strong flavours. Um, but they're clear and clean. This is the thing that I quite like about Fuller's. With a lot of their beers, 
there's a cleanness to the flavours, so they're quite easily identified and quite easy to describe. They make my job easy. You know, I'm trying to kind of relate what I'm tasting and they make it easy because they're very clear and clean. And you can identify them very easily and you can relate them to things and other kind of flavours that, you know, that remind, that they remind you of. And they just, in general, just make life easier because of that. So yeah, fair play to them. And uh, yeah, I like this beer. I do, I like this beer a lot. I'm sitting here. I don't know what temperature it is, but it's, it's starting to get a bit on the chilly side. It's not the warmest evening. And this is just really pleasant. Sitting out here with a nice beer, with plenty of flavour. And it's very enjoyable, and you can just see, it's just... As you... Oh, if only more breweries kind of took a leaf out of Fuller's book and just kind of brewed good, sensible beers. Because that's probably the best way to describe Fuller's is they brew a lot of good, sensible beers that hit the mark. You know, I'm going to release this type of beer. So what's the kind of standard flavours you would get for that stage of beer? Right, so let's go and try and make sure we can hit these flavours, and they do, and they do it in a clean way. And there's no clashing, and there's a nice balance, and a nice mouthfeel, and you just think, Jesus, you know. If I was, I'll be totally honest, if I was going to start a brewery, regardless of what type of beers I was going to do, I would try to kind of emulate fillers to a certain degree. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to try to, you know, emulate their beers or their flavour profiles or things like that. But I would probably want to emulate their, uh, how would you call say, their uh, attitude towards beer of getting something that's, if I'm going to make a beer with certain types of flavour profile, I would want that to come through in a nice, balanced, clean way. So regardless of what beer I was going to be brewing, I'd be looking for that. I want to be a nice, clean, identifiable flavours, nice balance, nice mouthfeel, good levels. I didn't want, really want to be curious about, I don't want to brew a beer that feels that it's lacking in, in certain areas or it's too much or overboard in certain areas, you know, that type of stuff. Less is more, but have that kind of a good start, middle and an end and it's all these type of things and when you see it you think oh it sounds quite easy well obviously it isn't because there's so many breweries whether it's in the UK or anywhere else that miss that mark and I think sometimes there's a case that Fools is overlooked because of that because it appears, I mean, obviously behind the scenes, it's probably, <laughs> probably hectic and everything else and stressful and things like that to try and maintain that level of quality and consistency. But from an outsider looking in, you're kind of thinking, well, they do tend to kind of make it look easy because of their consistency. Now, I'm not saying that every beer that produces groundbreakingly wonderful and everything else. No, I'm not saying that. But 
they seem to hit a good level. They don't seem to have one beer that's absolutely fabulous and others are all kind of mediocre. There's a good consistency that, yeah, for it to, it's getting the understanding, you know, it's subjective. So some beers are more popular with some people than others and everything else. But overall, <clears throat> within the Fuller's range, whatever beer you're drinking, whether you think it's a really good beer like this one and you think, oh, this hits Mark and it's my type of beer. But if you drink some of the ones that maybe aren't your type of beer, you'll still think, fair play, that's still a nice beer. So there's that kind of consistency that always seems to be that the beers are above average. Now, there's some, obviously, more average than others. Again, depending on what you like in beers and everything else. But for me, there's always a kind of level of quality within Fuller's that is consistent. And I would never turn around and say that I've drunk a Fuller's beer that's been five or below five. No chance. I would always say they're always above five. Now, of course, there's ones that are higher than others and everything else, again, subjective, depending on what I like and everything else. And, of course, other people would review them differently. But in my view, they always seem to be above average, which is a consistency that a lot of breweries just don't match. I mean, a good example, if you compared um, say Black Sheep or Thixens, there's a good idea. Now, I like Thixens. I like beers from Thixens and I also like beers from Black Sheep. But there's also beers from Thixens I'm like, no, no, you, you missed the mark with that one. It's, it's, no, it's, not, it's not, not good enough, not to your usual standard. If you can produce beers like Old Peculiar, and then you're producing that, you think, no, no, nowhere near on the same level. And then, of course, you look at Black Sheep there, you can do Rig Welter and everything else, and then you produce your um, making a standard ale, and you're thinking, no, that's just watery pish. Um, and yeah, you're thinking, it, it just no, it's can hold a candle to rig welter and you're thinking no 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 but then you look at fuller thinking well you do this you do that and you're thinking does that get a good level i mean of course there's beers i like more than others but i wouldn't turn around that they do a bad beer i wouldn't turn around and say but i could say that about black sheep i could say that about the extens yeah, there's beers that I like and really enjoy, but there's also beers that I think, oh, Jesus, you missed the mark on that, and it's just not good enough. Um, and, yeah. But with fullers, they do tend to kind of make it look effortless and easy. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to cheapen them by saying it is, because it isn't. It's difficult to get the consistency and fair play to them, that they seem to do it. And uh, I think the sometimes they're overlooked and underestimated which is a shame because that's one thing I would say that fuller shouldn't be and I think it's a case that if you want to kind of get a good basis of English ale regardless of where you are in England if you want to kind of get an idea if you're kind of abroad and you're coming over to the UK and you want to get a, an idea of English ale well fuller's is a good place to start now I'm not going to say that you're not going to get great fabulous really good beers from other breweries because you will but throughout their product range there's a good level and a good standard 
that's the problem. You will get other breweries making some absolutely cracking, fabulous beers, but you're also hitting disappointing beers from these breweries as well. You just really won't get that with Fuller's. And that's the thing, is that kind of uh, consistency and standard that I suppose too many of us take it for granted, maybe to a certain degree myself, take it for granted as well that you don't ever expect it to be disappointed when you crack open a Fuller's bottle. You might not be looking to be wowed every time, but you don't ever expect it to be disappointed. And I think that's one of the great things about Fuller's and fair play to them. And especially coming from London and everything else and the constraints that brings with a lot of different parts to it, that they can still keep producing damn good beers. And this is a damn good beer, by no mistake. So what would I give this out of 10? Oh, just take a sip there and it's just, flavours galore. It is a cornucopia of flavours in the mouth, but nicely balanced, nice, easily identified. It's just, ah, it doesn't make, reviewing beers like this make my life easier because I'm tasting a good beer. It's easy to identify the flavours. It's easy to identify the aromas. There's no bullshit or crap in the label. And I'm thinking, Jesus, all the things I mark beers down, fullers make it easier not to mark it down. The problem is, uh, oh, I'm not one for overscoring beers. You know that. I'm quite harsh on beers. And uh, not because there's any kind of arrogance or whatever. I'm hard on beers because you're asking people to pay money and if you're asking more of a premium price for beers then when you're tasting it you've got to feel that you've actually made the effort and a lot of times sometimes I hate when you basically charge you know for a beer and you describe it as this and then you taste it thinking well it doesn't taste like how you've described it and it actually to a certain level tastes like you haven't really made the effort it's a bit half-arsed and these are the type of things I go for you know and especially if they try and make a, a celebration beer there's nothing worse than you make a celebration beer and you're thinking oh here we go a celebration and they've made an effort and they've really pushed the boat out and you think what the fuck is that you know disappointing lacking flavour or imbalance and you think you, you've fucking done an half-assed job here but you wanted premium money because you put celebration in the fucking label Fuller's put celebration in the label it's a beer to celebrate their 150th anniversary and uh, you can taste they've made an effort there's a difference you can actually taste you thinking that you maybe charged a bit more money for it but I can see you made the effort. I can taste the effort. I can taste the quality ingredients. You know, it's that type of thing. I can understand why you're charging this because you haven't done a half measure, you haven't done a piss-arse job, you haven't cut corners. That's the difference. 
So in some ways it makes it easier, but in other ways it makes it more difficult. But for me, this is a beer right on my street. Not overly sweet, very kind of controlled level of sweetness, which of course they could have ran out of control, especially with the old kind of dried fruit. But, um, good level of bitterness. So there's actually two levels of bitterness. A little bit of bitterness coming from the hops, but there's also bitterness coming from the malt. <clears throat> and yeah, it is a very pleasant beer and a, a very complex beer as well. For this type of beer, there's a complex of flavour. Would I recommend it? Yes, I bloody would recommend it. And I'm going to give this... I'm actually trying between an eight and an eight and a half. And I'm thinking... Could even, I mean, I would probably say it's between an... I would probably say it's between an eight and a half and a nine. And I'm frightened to go to a nine because I'm always frightened to go that high. It's an easy eight and a half, but it is bordering on a nine. Now I'm going to actually give it a nine. And I'll tell you what, how much of an arsehole I am. Because I am, I'll be honest. The reason why it dropped a point, I'm not going to say it's a ten. But the reason why it dropped a point is because it's a nice complex beer with nice flavours and everything else to the point is that it's not sessionable so I can't drink many of them and that's why it loses a point because I'd like to. <laughs> that's how that's much of an arsehole I am. So yes, I mean, it's downside. It's its own worst enemy that you made such a nice complex flavoured beer it's nicely balanced and everything else. But because of the good quality ingredients and the nice level of flavour you've got and everything else, that I just like it just that little bit more sessionable just so I can drink more. I mean, I'm probably saying because of the flavour of this, you're probably talking about maybe drink two or three of them. You wouldn't drink any more than that. And even then you'd make one space them out with other beers in between. And again... I mean, on a cold winter's night, especially on a school night, as we say, you probably have just one. You maybe want another one. We think, oh, 6.3%. No, I'll just stop you. And it's like that. That's what you'd feel like. So that's why it's losing the point. I'm going to give it a nine. And that's how it's losing the point. Not in the beer itself and everything else. It's just my own kind of thing that it was just a little bit more session. But I would be telling this a lot. So yeah, fair play to them. A good flavoured beer with nice complex, clear flavours. And uh, I would definitely recommend give it a go, especially as the weather's starting to get a bit cold and the nights are getting darker. Get yourself a bottle, sit back. If you've got a road on fire, even better. If you don't, well, set your slippers on fire and get wired in. That's my recommendation. I think if you like strong flavoured beers and you're into porters and everything else never mind all you shitty plum porters that you're getting and all this other crap that uh, they offer from Aldi and god knows where else get yourself a couple of bottles of this take yourself on a journey of uh, happiness consistency and good quality so it's a nine out of ten thanks for watching
Cheers. Bye for now.